NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by SGPN TV. Download the SGPN TV app today. Available on Roku, Amazon, and Apple TV. Drivers, start your Strap in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. It is the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He is Cody Zeeb. I am Rod Gomez, and we are the only two podcasters who have been able to beat the disabled vehicle policy uh, timer to put on this show. Ah, yes, Cody, we are coming off of a Talladega weekend that was, I, I don't want to necessarily say as chaotic as we thought. In fact, it was probably quite the opposite, but uh, still chock full of action, yeah? Yeah, I mean, for Talladega, man, that was, it was calm, Rod. I, I think they got the memos wrong and uh, thought Texas last week was Talladega, thought Talladega this week was Texas. I don't know. It was still some great racing. I mean, the the racing we saw all weekend was great. The finishes, I mean, every stage finish, in that, especially that cup race, like stage finishes were all great, super close finishes. The regular finish, how they didn't wreck, I don't know, but great finish there as well. Um, yeah, so yeah, overall great racing, constant action. There was a lot, you know, it was like, ton, I don't have the number right in front of me, but tons and tons of lead changes in that cup race. It was absolutely ridiculous how much they were changing the lead, how nobody could get the advantage and stuff. I mean, the whole weekend was fun. It <laughs> we, we warned you before the weekend, anything can happen and be careful with your bets. We uh we gave out bets planning for chaos and chaos didn't quite happen. We were man, we were really close on a couple big ones. A couple big ones we're really close on. Obviously, we'll recap them here in a minute uh, and talk about it. But yeah, just not what I was expecting, especially with the way things have been so crazy lately. It was a very very calm weekend for being at Talladega. And yet, there was still just enough chaos to put everything that we had bet on in absolute turmoil. And you and you were right. I mean, it said we're, we planned for chaos, but as my good buddy Timmy said back in Afghanistan, you can't plan a mistake. And unfortunately, we tried to plan a mistake, and uh, and it did not necessarily run out for us. But again, like you said, some fantastic racing that went around, and and just names that we aren't necessarily used to seeing up front uh names that we aren't used to being talked about and and some names that i'm kicking myself for not actually following through with as i was putting together uh my sheet and my bet sheets as we were going forward so 
Again, all three series uh, were, were racing this weekend, and it was the truck race that started things off. And as we always do, Cody, we will go through our bets for the weekend. And it begins with you, my friend. Uh, you gave out a couple of top fives that, you know, again, kind of looked like they had a shot for a little bit, yeah? Yeah, um, man, on that truck race, like, again, uh, a pretty non-chaotic race for for what we're used to saying or seeing and why can you explain to me why the caution was thrown at the end there rod is it what one reason i mean they're 25 feet from the line nothing's going to change in those 25 feet they're already wrecking just let them cross the line why do we have to wait 15 minutes to find out who the winner was so this is a product of of remember the, a few years ago when they didn't when they made you race back to the line uh, right. for a caution and the, and the whole thing was like oh we this is too unsafe this is not you know right. you shouldn't let him do this that's why but you're right five feet rod not, no. not in a lap back around they're not in the <laughs> turn four they're 25 feet from the line just let him go to the line what are you doing or throw it five tenths of a second earlier so that ben rhodes wins and i can cash my bet come on man no I, you get no argument. argument. He's Daniel Hemrick light the guy's been in the top three nascar series for like 10 years never won anything in his life Finally gets a win. Now he can go back to being a nobody. <laughs> but, uh, man, Brett Holmes. Oh, I was really pulling for him there. At, uh, you know, local guy out of uh, out of the Alabama area. Grew up racing around there. Was leading so many of those laps. Like, And then the two are just sitting next to each other on the front stretch. Like, might have won the race. Might not have won the race. Like, what they had to be going through in that uh in that deal there, but uh, I know uh, we, we had a few people that I got a message about uh, from Kyle that listens, and he was saying that he was on Brett Holmes. I think he had him top three and to win, so he cashed the top three, but he was like, man, his, his to win odds were really good, and it was like, ah, so close, but missed it. Uh, but yeah, it just, I don't I don't understand the yellow there. That, that To me, that was silly, but NASCAR is going to be NASCAR sometimes, and, and Whatever, so Matt DiBenedetto gets the win. Uh, but, yeah, I had a couple top five finishes again, sort of planning for for chaos that, that didn't really happen. We saw it on, on the last wreck there at the end, but that was kind of it. Uh, Timmy Hill, top five, 50 to one. He finished 15th, so that's not bad for a 50 to one bet to be that close. Again, if you're 15th in the end with that chaos and stuff, I mean, easily could have been 50. He was pretty close. Uh, and then I gave out Spencer Boyd with the top five, also fifty to one. He actually didn't even make the race. Uh, there was too many. There was more trucks than there was spots for the race. So in qualifying, he didn't even make the race. So, uh, but again, qualifying speed doesn't mean anything to me at a track like this. I wasn't thinking he was coming out there with a top five fastest truck. I just thought if he could get in the race, if he could survive the chaos, he could be there at the end like he has in the past for the top five. Uh, so I don't. I would make either of these bets again, and with the didn't make the race, I believe most books. Uh, I know I was talking to my buddy Chris. He said it got refunded because he didn't even make the race. So most likely that should have got refunded for you, and uh, not not been any skin off your back, anyways. But uh, the Timmy Hill one, man, if, if that wreck could have happened a lap earlier, maybe got an overtime finish. I think we could have got a little more out of him, but uh, close. Indeed. Um, all right, I had Stuart Friesen as a top five. He started 18th, finished 20th, but I will say that after stage two, it looked hopeful uh, as he finished third at the end of stage two. 
But there was a lot of different pit strategies, too, that were going on in this that shook everything up as well. And, you know, a lot of, I think, teams and drivers were planning for a little more chaos than they ended up getting in the end, too. So didn't necessarily pan out the way a lot of folks thought it would. And I think that's kind of where Stuart Friesen fell as it was just a, at the end of stage two that people had to make some decisions. Chandler Smith, John Hunter, Stuart Friesen, all those guys, Christian Eckes, uh, Grant Enfinger, like they had to figure stuff out because they were leading at the end of that. And then they came in and there wasn't a much, there wasn't a lot of, of stuff that happened uh, in that. So again, Friesen, I think could have been proved he was a top three truck at the end of stage two. But unfortunately, you know, as strategy shook out and as things happened, he did not end up uh, claiming that at the end. So I feel like I got rooked out of it. My favorite Canadian, non-Canadian, not a top five truck. Yeah, it just, uh, again, I mean, everything that we were we were doing was was just with the chaos played into it because that's what we've seen so many times. These these And we talked about it last week, like just prepare more than any time else to lose on super speedways because they are so hard and we've hit some big ones. We've had some luck. We got close to some here, but things didn't pan out nowhere close to what we thought. And so, you know, when you build a game script and it doesn't go your way, hard to catch some of the bets along the way, unfortunately. Uh, this next one we were both on, Zane Smith over Chandler Smith, minus 115. And I think this is kind of the same thing. Zane did get some damage pretty early. He got caught up in it uh, and, and was kind of just hanging out back there for a while then. Um, still only finished three spots behind Chandler Smith. He was 17th. Uh, Chandler was 14th. So he was close still, even with the damage he suffered. I think Chandler might have gotten a little damage too on the back of his truck there at some point. But, uh, I mean, again, this was kind of a toss-up matchup. We talked about it last week. Matchups are tough on super speedways. Uh, we just both felt like Zane had proven to be the better of the two uh, when it came to super speedways, especially this year. Uh, so I think we were on the right track there. Unfortunately, just got the wrong side of it by three spots this weekend. And Zane Smith did finish second at the end of stage one. Uh, granted, Chandler Smith won stage two, but you know that that was right after Zane had gotten caught up in it, and Zane still finished that one ninth. So you know, again, it's just a matter of I think if Zane wouldn't have taken that damage, I think if Zane would have been able to run a clean race, he would have probably been able to finish in the top ten if for nothing else, to finish over Chandler Smith as well. And look, Chandler did well to get back up into the mix anyways because he uh, had that same sort of issue where he was falling back as well. So kudos to him for being able to find his way back around and lead 17 laps uh, in the race. So, I mean, you know, again, I'd still take Zane over Chandler uh, nine times out of Sunday. In fact, I took him to win, and that didn't happen either. So, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Zane Smith put a lot of eggs in his basket, and, and he dropped that basket. Yep. Uh, on my winners, I split it up three ways. I had my long shot, Jordan Anderson, 250 to one. And my goodness, that number three truck was fast. They were talking about it on the broadcast. I think he was down to like 25 to one or something before the race. He qualified the top 10, was looking fast, was looking good. Then all of a sudden, I believe it was a fuel line came off. The car just engulfed in flames. Uh, if you haven't seen the replay, go watch. Just crazy. His truck was on fire for a long time. It's still rolling. He decides, I've got to get out of here because it's getting too intense. He's about to jump out the window, and the car hits the wall. Gosh, if he'd have jumped out one second before he did, I don't want to know what would have happened with him being between that wall and the truck. Um, but it hits the wall. He jumps out at the same time. 
he kind of falls on the ground. Uh, they, you know, they've always got a medical helicopter on the infield. They flew him to uh, what I can't remember where it was, but but somewhere near the track there with a burn unit. So we were all kind of holding our breath with that. Uh, he did have second degree burns. I think he said his legs, his face, his arms, uh, maybe somewhere else. But but he was released from the hospital that evening. So great news there. Obviously, that could have been much worse. We've seen. Man, fire, I mean, yeah, they're wearing fire-resistant suits and whatnot, but that, that can only stand so much fire. And there was a lot of fire in there for a long time. Um, and so, yeah, big concerns there. Obviously, good to know that he was released and is back home already and everything. Um, so lucky lucky for that. But uh, bet-wise, I mean, and again, it, you know, at that point, the bet doesn't matter because all that matters is – is for him to be okay. That's all anybody cares about. Um, and so we're glad that he is okay for 250 to one. I feel like it was a pretty good value for as good as he looked, you know, maybe he would have hung around, but, but again, also had Parker Kligerman 15 to one, he finished ninth place again in the mix. That's all you're asking for, for somebody that's that. I mean, we, you know, could have gotten a wreck there at the end and maybe had a green white checkered or two, and that could have changed the results. And then Ben Rhodes was leading 25, 27 feet from the line, 12 to one. And then they decided 25 feet from the line was apparently where the caution light needed to come on. Gave it to Matty D instead, but uh 12 to one missed it by just that much as, as Rhodes finished second. Yeah. That's frustrating way to do it too. I was, I was pulling for you in the end as well, obviously, because there was a lot of folks tailing that ticket and it just, uh, yeah, NASCAR kind of did not see that happening and wanted to give it to uh, another guy to win. So yeah, I mean, a frustrating finish for sure, but boy, I mean, look at Jordan Anderson, guys, if you don't watch the video, because it's, I mean, tell you right now, it's just, it makes your heart just jump because it was scary to watch the flames in there and wonder, first of all, is he okay? And then second of all, you're right. He got to that wall and he was already sticking out. And next thing you know, he hits the wall and then is able to get out. Luckily, he was able to walk across the barrier and jump down on the ground, but there was some tense moments in between all of that, and and the caution was waving. They didn't even red flag it; they just threw the caution. So I was yeah, a little that surprised. was that that whole part was very interesting. Like, I feel like at that point you immediately stop the race, and, and like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, safety crews were to him quickly and stuff. There was no no concerns there, and it seemed like you know they went through the proper protocol and, and everything with that. But yeah, watching the replay, I mean. As you can see him, you can see him as he's about to hit the wall, starting to come out the window, and you realize that, you know, then like, oh my goodness, he's about to jump out of there. Thank God he didn't jump right before that. Just a bad situation overall. Um, and man, I mean, it's motor racing and it's dangerous. These guys know that, you know, if, if you've watched that race for the championship, Corey LaJoy, his little quote in there, you know, he's got a life insurance policy and it's up to date. They know that that's what they're getting themselves into, but Still, the safety's come so far from where it used to be back in the 90s when it, you know, 90s, early 2000s, just people were losing people, you know, once every couple months, it was just crazy. And and luckily, knock on wood, that hasn't happened in a long time. And uh, we don't see injuries like this too often. Luckily, it wasn't too bad, but hopefully they're looking into whatever they need to figure out to to make sure that, that everything was working correctly and what they need to do to fix 
the fire suppression systems within the cars and stuff like that going forward. Well, we definitely thank him for the effort that he put in because, again, you're right. It was fun to cheer for him as he was going around. He was a fast truck, and there was a lot of people taking notice of it. So, uh, again, thanks, Jordan Anderson, for the fun. Uh, sad that it had to end the way it did, but hopefully you get back in a car soon uh, or a truck soon, and we can watch you and cheer for you once more. All right, let's put the madness of the truck race behind us. Let's turn to the madness of the Xfinity race uh, when we come back from the break. But before we do, and as we always do, are you thinking of joining WinBet? Now's the perfect time. Customers who bet $100 to get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a $100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Plus, WinBet has their own same game parlay. Just click on the game you like, select build your own bet, and start building your own monster parlay. There's so much to choose from. All you got to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. If you love football... You need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone Plus. You get four games in 4K at no extra charge. You get over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, no contract, no commitment. You can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV for free seven days and get a 15% off your month, your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. Did you ever wish that before every NFL game, you could get up-to-date and accurate information before placing bets or locking in your fantasy lineup? Now you can. The Elias Game Plan app. It's the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB. Whether you're part of a fantasy tournament, placing bets, or just a huge sports fan and stats nerd, Elias Game Plan has everything you need. The Elias Game Plan is a sports app from the most trusted name in sports stats. It's the Elias Sports Bureau, the official statisticians of U.S. Pro Sports League since 1913. And you see and hear their trusted facts all the time from ESPN, your local radio broadcast, and of course your television broadcast. But now... You can have all the stats, facts, and teams of players updates at the palm of your hand, all backed by their renowned research team. We give tons of stats here on the SGPN, and we need all of our strategies backed by numbers, not just our intuition. And of course, the Elias Game Plan app does exactly that. And with their new chat function, you can even talk to them directly and receive the information you need to back your big decisions or betting on fantasy leagues. They got weekly added survivor pool now analysis that helps keep you in the game. So take the NFL season to the next level. Download the Elias Game Plan app today. Choose from three game plans when you subscribe weekly, monthly, or annual. But I can get you 25% off your first month when you choose the monthly subscription. Just use our promo code SGPN15. Find Elias Game Plan sports betting in the App Store or Play Store and use our promo code SGPN15. Promoguy.us is the best place to go if you're interested in plus EV betting strategies. They've got daily updates on odds boosts and huge cash bonuses from all the major sports books. And they got a VIP Discord that puts even deeper plus EV analytics right at your fingertips. I got to say, we've been looking into their daily promo updates. They're some of the most informative in the game. They don't simply tell you what team is probable to win, but 
where you'll get the best odds and how to track down and cash in big on constantly changing promotions. If you're not already using mathematical models to help you with your picks, you're missing out on an insanely valuable tool. And the best part of all is that Promo Guy is run by a team of passionate sports fans dedicated to building a well-informed, better betting community. Go to promoguy.us. Check out their 100% track, transparent, and proven method for betting smarter. Make sure you check out promoguy.us. We go now to the Xfinity Series race. It was the Sparks 300. It's crazy, Cody, because I remember when the truck race ended and I thought, how are they going to turn this around and have an Xfinity race like almost immediately afterwards? Uh, but they did, and uh, it was entertaining to a certain extent. Uh, we talked about the the madness not necessarily being as mad as uh, as we expected it to be, but there was still plenty of madness in this one and uh, a lot to go around. I'm just going to take a second, and I know that I didn't pick him to win, and we're going to talk about him in a little while as far as our bets are concerned, but A.J. Allmendinger, baby, Dinger, gets it done at the Xfinity race, gets himself a much, much deserved uh, super speedway win, and boy, let me tell you, no one cheers harder than that guy for anything, so I enjoyed watching him come across the line in that one, but uh, yeah, this race had its, its fair share of thrills and spills as well. Uh, but you know, I, I was surprised because we saw a lot of side-by-side racing in the truck race, right? I mean, that was actually almost the entire race was too wide. They didn't necessarily break out three right all that much, but this is where you started to see a little bit of the single file racing for a while and sort of tucked up underneath each other. I think people learned from that truck race. You can't necessarily stay that way the entire uh, length of the race, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, First of all, the the head-to-head races was actually pretty cool. I mean, I'm glad it worked out timing-wise, and like you were almost concerned, like, what if there's a bunch of wrecks in the truck series race? Like, it's gonna really be pushed into it. But it worked out good. It was nice. I mean, I do love the trucks Friday nights just because it gives you something Friday night too. But the back-to-back was pretty cool. I like that. Um, yeah, AJ Allmendinger. I know you're you're a huge Dinger guy. Uh, congrats to him. And uh, we. Uh, he's getting full time next year in the 16 car in the cup series. So we've, we've touched on it before about his possible return to the cup series. Uh, Makes a lot of sense for him to move up into that 16 car in the cup series uh, with six road courses and and five of them in the regular season gives him a great chance to get a win like he did last year and and get that car into the playoffs for that team. Uh, So it's going to be, be awesome for him. He's obviously raced part-time with them this year in the cup series and he races full-time for colleague in, in the Xfinity series. But um, to the racing, what do you think the odds would have been if we'd have said before the race, every single car finishes this race running, Rob? Uh, oh, jeez, man. That would have been the biggest bet we hit all year. Yeah. I was going to say goodness, every car finished the Xfinity race. I unbelievable that that happened. That's that was the lack of Rex was every car finished this race. Incredible. Um, and so again, didn't didn't quite play into our betting strategy as well because we were looking for a little more chaos. But uh, but yeah, it, it was good racing, and it did uh, it did fan out. A, there wasn't quite as much lead changes and stuff. I mean, Austin Hill, he just dominated that race. He won stage one. He won stage two. He was leading the whole time. Then I don't even remember what happened to him late, but I think or did he? Yeah, was it pit strategy? Maybe got him shuffled back, and then he just was never able to really recover from that. Um, but yeah, it, it just, man, such a weird weekend. You're just, and you're just on the edge of your seat the whole time. I mean, we we're talking about it in the discord channel about, 
okay, first two stages were here it comes, get ready. Like it's coming. And it just, it never came. We never saw the big crashes. We never saw any of that. It, it was, it was a little strange, but, uh, oh, well into the bets, I guess. Uh, Austin Hill over Noah Gragson was my first one. Uh, this was at plus 100. That was really the only reason I took it was it was a plus money head to head. You like to see those on super speedways and Austin Hill had done a hell of a job all season on on super speedways you know, three top two finishes between the two Atlanta races and Daytona winning two of those. Uh, and he proved it in this race. He led the entire first stage, basically the entire second stage, basically won both stages was dominating it. Like we said, got shuffled back. I think he got, I want to say two towards the end of the race, uh, maybe just got shuffled out of the draft and just shot backwards. I believe maybe happened to him. So he ended up finishing 14th, but I, I think that's not a fair res- reflection of how his day went because he was out front all day. They were constantly talking about that number 21 car and how good he looked. Uh, Noah Gregson, not able to win five in a row. He'll have to settle for four in a row. Uh, 10th place finish for him. So uh, that one did not cash. Actually, yeah. He, uh, so Hill did just get shuffled out of the last. That, that's, uh, yeah. yeah. I was trying to think back. I didn't have it written down what exactly had happened. But yeah, he just. And well, was it. Was he the one that threw like a horrible block that didn't need to be thrown? Yep. Yeah. And then he just. And I'm like, what? What? No. No. Come back. And like we see, if you get out of that draft, you drop like a rock. You go from first to. 20th and a split second just like that so unfortunate i mean i don't know i think he's proven to us how good of a super speedway racer he is made one mistake but that goes to show you one little tiny mistake costs you a lot on tracks like this yeah he was leading from lap 81 to 108 kind of took that block out there that was 28 laps and then sam Mayer and aj Almendinger started to uh to wrestle back and forth for the for the win over the next what five six laps after that so yeah, I mean it was it was him at the very very end up to lap 108. It was Austin Hill, and then of course, like you said, he made that wrong choice to block, and that was all there was to it. So, um, all right, I gave uh, AJ Allmendinger over Trevor Bain, but Trevor Bain did all he could to make this one a little more interesting than it needed to be. In fact, Bain was up in the in the mix mostly the entire race, led 13 laps himself. I was like, where the hell? I mean, I understand it was the 18 car. I get it. We've talked about how good this 18 car is in the Xfinity series and that, you know, obviously Gibbs brings it every single week. And Trevor Bain being in that 18 gave him a little bit of an advantage in that capacity. But, you know, my argument was that this is Almondinger's series. You know, this is his. He he was the points leader. Like, this is his his to actually do well at. Yeah, it could be possible for a guy like Bain to kind of jump in and, and steal a good finish, but uh, Almondinger needed this more than, than Bain. So that was what I was going with it. Obviously, this hit um, at minus 115. So, But again, like I said, Trevor Bain making it more interesting than it needed to be, damn it. Yeah, and but I mean, you nailed it on this. I mean, we talked about it last week. AJ's been very, very good at super speedways constantly, and they touched on it on the broadcast. I think three or four times he took the white flag as the leader and didn't win the race. It was just like time after time after time. He just barely missed it, got second or third, still was getting those good finishes. So we felt like, you know, you could get the good finish with him. And with Bain, we know he's a good super speedway racer. He, the youngest winner ever of the Daytona 500. Like he obviously he can get it done. We just 
thought and hoped that with his lack of running races lately, his maybe over aggressiveness with the, you know, trying to get a ride and all that stuff kind of coming out of semi-retirement would maybe cost him in the end. And I think that proved true. He still managed a 13th place finish, but didn't get it done at the end. And obviously with Almendinger winning that, that covers that bet for you. Well, which actually to Almendinger that, that puts him on into the next round of the playoffs, uh, something we haven't seen much on the cup side of things through the first round, but as we're in the first round of the Xfinity playoffs, now we've had Gregson win last week, Dinger win this week. So both of those guys are just locked into that round of eight already. They have no worries going uh, forward here this week at Coda. So uh, good news for both of those drivers. My next one, man, uh, I had Brandon Brown top three uh, at 10 to one and to win at 40 to one. And he just didn't, again, I think I needed the chaos, I guess. Uh, he wasn't really a factor. I, I guess he was ninth in stage one. He was kind of up there. He was seventh in stage two, so I guess he was kind of hanging around up there, but fell out at the end. I'm not exactly sure what happened with him, but nowhere close to cashing this. Again, I was kind of playing the chaos card, and chaos didn't wasn't on my side. I told you last week I was team chaos, and then I said it was maybe getting too far. I think we regressed too much on the chaos side of things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did, yes, but at the same time, had we not, it would have been, you know, that that would have right. been good for us. Now, Brandon <laughs> Brown, look, he was he was up there. He was in the mix. He was the whole time, and I think it was a, a actually a pit penalty that uh, that had That's him pass was, through. Yep. Yeah, and basically, yep. yeah, I had to take the pass through, and then that cost him, and then he wasn't really with no late wrecks. There was no chance for him to get back because we've seen in the past where even. A, a later pip penalty or whatever doesn't necessarily always cost you too much because you get so many green white checkers and stuff you get back into it but with none of that uh really sank brown's day yeah i mean and you think about it there was only what one uh one caution actually there was no caution oh one caution for cause that was it uh and that was at lap three. Oh, i'm sorry at lap four uh four Lap six, damn it! I'm, I got to learn how to read. Uh, there's only one one caution for cause. That's gosh, that's so crazy. A Talladega rod. I know one caution for cause in the Xfinity. Man, yep. That just goes to prove that when you plan for uh, for chaos and it doesn't happen, this is what you get. So. I guess. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this next bet did not plan for caution because it happened, or or plan for chaos because it happened even without chaos. To be honest with you, and that was Herbst over Hemrick, which we would have cashed 10 times out of 10 if something would have happened. But God blessed Hemrick finding his way into the top 10 at the end. He finished 8th. Herbst finished 11th. This bet was cashing for most of the race until the end. And in fact, to be honest with you, Cody, it was cashing up until the very end. I don't know what happened. Like, I, I blinked. And at the end of the race, all of a sudden, the pylon said uh, uh, it was Hemrick 8th and Herps 11. And I thought, what happened? Like, I literally closed my eyes, and it was it was Herps over Hemrick. And, yeah, so it, it didn't happen in the end. So I'm a sad, sad guy over here for that. Yeah, and I mean, again, one we talked about, like, Hemrick has not gotten it done on super speedways. He's not had good finishes. He's been historically bad at them. And a lot of these guys, those stats are because they just don't know how to avoid 
the big one and how to avoid these wrecks. And it's not necessarily that they're bad at super speedway racing. They're bad at the part where you have to avoid the wrecks. And when there's no wrecks makes it a lot harder. (laughs) Uh, And so, I mean, they herps had come up quite a few times throughout the day. He was, he was having a pretty solid day. I know they kept talking about him and I was like, yeah, he's looking good. Uh, Ends up with an 11th place finish which is, you know, a solid good finish from him is what you expected from a guy like him. Unfortunately, Hemrick just a little bit better and only right at the end. Unfortunately, the only lap that matters, but... Uh, <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, Hemrick, Hemrick was third at the end of stage one and Herps was 11th, but you flip that around in stage two and uh, Hemrick was... Uh, I'm sorry, Herps was 12th and Hemrick was all the way back in like 24th. So that was the story of where they ran for the third stage until all of a sudden Hammer caught the caught the right draft at the right time and got himself up to the to the eighth position. So screw it, I still don't like it. I, I'll still take Herps over Hemrick all the time. Yeah, I, I would bet this the next one hundred out of one hundred races. I no concerns there. Again, super speedway racing so unpredictable and things can happen at the end. But I, I would take this bet again a million times. So. Uh, next up for me was my winners. I had Austin Hill eight to one. Gosh, that was looking good all day. One stage one, one stage two. We already talked about it. Lost the draft there at the end. Uh, he is a very, very good super speedway racer. Um, with all the changes in the cup series and everything, uh, I saw somebody had posted on Twitter about, uh, who would you like to see in the beard number 62 car? Because they just, they only run super speedways uh in the cup series and you know for a long time it was brandon gone was in that car he retired and noah gregson's been taking the car the last couple years well gregson's going to be full-time in the cup series now so they're going to need a new driver i think austin hill would be the perfect candidate for that he's proven to be an extremely good super speedway racer um and again i i would take i would smash this bet again because he proved it he was good he was fast One little mistake cost him his day, unfortunately. But uh, I also had Parker Kligerman, 25 to 1. He ended up finishing sixth. That's pretty good for, uh, you know, for a 25 to 1. Again, so close right there. Uh, Man, both, gosh, the Cup Series race, my 30 to 1 finished sixth. And the Xfinity, yeah, so close. Uh, And then I had given out Jeffrey Earnhardt, uh, super long shot, 100 to 1. He finished 37th, but again, every car was running. He just, I, I mean, I gave the case. Like, he's 100 to 1. You're not expecting him to be that good. He was in an Emerling Gase car, not as nearly as good of a car. You needed the chaos, and if the chaos was there, he could find a way to put himself in position with no chaos, with no cars going out of the race. He was nowhere to be found all day and uh, was back there at the back. So, again, the super long shot, obviously, 100 to 1, but... We saw it in the truck series of the 250 to one truck looked very good until he had the issues. So uh, I'm not going to stop betting these long shots, even though we didn't really see them pay off as much this weekend. I mean, really at all. De Benedetto, I think was 25 to one, maybe something like that. So even that wasn't as crazy of a long shot as we've seen, even as recently as Daytona with uh, like hundred to one hit for uh gosh, who was it that won that Xfinity race? Yeah, that guy. But that's that's how much of a shocker it was that he won. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, it just you're tossing long shots out there, hoping for chaos. 
chaos didn't come. So, man, that Austin Hill one hurt though because he looked good all damn day. Yeah, that just, one hurt. Yeah, as soon as he got up there, I was just like, no, <laughs> and he was gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I look again when you build for chaos and it doesn't happen, you're left stranded. So, um, you know, I, I don't know too many people that weren't building for chaos. And, and didn't uh, suffer the same consequences as us. Um, all right. And the, the, just two, that's why we give out. I mean, yes, we give out the 100 to ones, the 25 to ones, but that's why there was an eight to one in there because when it's not as chaotic or, or, you know, these guys are still favored like that for a reason. And Almondinger was probably a 10 to one, a 12 to one to win this race. So it, those guys can win it too. That's why we give out the broad variety of, you know, a shorter guy, a mid-tier guy, and then kind of a really long shot because we've seen all of them win it. Even recently here, just these last two examples of 100 to 1 at Daytona and, and then, you know, one of the favorites here at, at Talladega. Yeah, and it'll never be, it'll, it won't be any different anywhere else. I mean, uh, that's the thing about Talladega. Like, it, you can, the chaos part of this weekend was that there wasn't a whole lot of chaos. Right. So and That in itself was chaos because you thought there was going to be and there wasn't. So. You kept waiting for it. You kept waiting for that, <laughs> that shoe to drop. And, and just like the experience. There was, man, there was quite a few times throughout the whole weekend, too, where cars start to get squirrely and you're like, Oh, oh, and that was the Xfinity race. The one caution for cause. I just remember that was the Ty Gibbs one. Mm -hmm. I don't know how he almost saved that. Then he spins out in front of the entire field. No, and like nobody hit him. And it was like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, it's what a weekend. What a weekend, Rod. Indeed. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'll wrap up my bets for that with Josh Berry. Uh, I had him to win it plus 1,000. Came in fifth. He was in that vicinity at the end. I mean, obviously, once uh, everybody was making their break for it at the end and uh, Almondinger made his move, um, you know, it, it was it could have been very easily that those four cars could have completely crashed out and Josh Berry would have been the, uh, the, the winning car in that one. So, yeah, I mean, he actually he wasn't running well most of the day, to be honest with you. Like, he wasn't necessarily up front. He was 17th at the end of stage one, and I thought, well... He's not going to look good. He did inch his way up to 10th place in stage two, but again, that was more of a pit strategy call from a lot of folks out there that were um, coming in. So, yeah, I mean, I just it, it wasn't looking like it was going to hit all day, and then at the end, he sort of poked his way around the top five um, and, and, and finished fifth. So, I mean, you know, not a bad bet. Just didn't pan out the way I hoped it would. Yeah, I mean, a 10-1 to 1 that finishes fifth, you definitely can't say that was a bad bet. Um and again, at super speedways, there isn't really a bad bet. I, we talked about that last week. Like, and you can make a case for any bet on the board. And some people had great weekends. I know my buddies over at the Garage Guys, they hit a ton of stuff. I think uh, Dale had the truck winner and the Xfinity winner. Like, and then Chase had Chase in the Cup Series on Sunday. So they killed it over there. And you know, we've had those races earlier this season in the in the super speedways where other people didn't hit stuff and we hit a bunch of stuff, it's going to happen. And that's, that's the ebbs and flows of gambling. That's the ebbs and flows of racing, just how it goes. And again, we, we told you, we told you last week, that's how it's going to be super speedways, the most unpredictable going into a road course this weekend. There's a lot more things we can lean on for how things really should go. Of course, anything can happen. You see crazy stuff, but there's a more set thing of how things go. Super Speedway is just so unpredictable. We couldn't predict 
that it was going to be such a clean race, right? So just, you know, again, it's it's just how it goes sometimes, and uh, I'm not sweating it too much at all. I'm excited for the Roval this weekend. I was about to say, I'm sure we're gonna, we're like a lot of drivers. It's like, all right, Talladega happened. On to, on to, yeah, how chaotic, man, we did. How chaotic is this race going to be if we didn't see it in Talladega? <laughs> Better watch out. <laughs> a little bit of road racing rage is what it's going to end check up being. the weather. We might get end up with a rain race or something. Who knows? God. Well, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about a little bit of that tomorrow, but we'll also talk about the rest of the race, the cup race, as it were, when we come back from the break. But first, let me tell you about No House Advantage. It's changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning $250,000 or more in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience the daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. And you won't want to miss out on this. Sign up now with promo code SGPN at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app to get a first deposit match up to $25. I'm one of those people who drinks a lot of coffee, but I couldn't tell you exactly what makes a good cup taste so good. All I know is is when I get my coffee from Trade Coffee. It is absolutely fantastic. And let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before. Because let's face it, you probably haven't tried a coffee subscription service. But they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Team of coffee experts do all the work for you. It's my favorite kind of subscription. The one where I don't got to do anything but sit back and enjoy good coffee. Not only do they taste hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month, but they curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make that cut. Look, I get my coffee and I get what I like, but if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade Coffee is going to have whatever it is you want. You can shop the most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile or take their coffee quiz and get the expertly matched coffees that you're going to love. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever had and made at home, that's a no-brainer. It's time to try Trade Coffee right now. Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off your subscription to the best coffee in the country. Give you a lot of odds on the SGPN. We give you a lot of lines. We give you a lot of in-depth analysis. And guess what? A lot of that comes from our favorite sponsor, OddsTrader.com. OddsTrader is the place to shop around and compare odds from all the major books. Plus, you can get different sign-up codes and promotion codes from sportsbooks to get the best deals. You want handicapping, play-by-play updates, live sports and bet tracking, player statistics, key game statistics, projected game day weather, and a bet tracker to keep track of all your games and betting activity? It's right there on OddsTrader.com. So right now, go to OddsTrader.com slash BlueWire. Find out what all this is about. OddsTrader.com slash BlueWire. OddsTrader, it's the number one site for all of your game day bets. The racing action did not stop on Saturday night. No, sir. In fact, it continued on into Sunday morning. Not just for football, folks. It is for the glamorous sport that is NASCAR. 
the Yellowwood 500 on the Talladega Super Speedway. Once again, just about every single car ran on this one. There were only four cars that missed the end of this race, three by accident, and one was Daniel Hemrick. I would have taken the over. Well, and I think Hemrick actually might have saved a lot of chaos. I So that was kind of a weird situation. The end of the race there was, what, four or five laps to go? Intensity was ramping up. People were starting to get into the position where it was time to make moves. You could hear him talking, you know, back and forth. They were talking on the broadcast, like, okay, he's got to go now. you got to start making this move. This guy's going to do this. Then all of a sudden there's a caution. He was just stopped at the end of pit road, couldn't get going again was in too dangerous of a spot to, to get out there or, or or have workers out there without stopping the race. So NASCAR made the right decision there. That led to the overtime finish, the green-white checkered, which was then very anticlimactic as far as, as, you know. I mean, there was a wreck coming to the line, but you really thought maybe they would wreck more before that. And I think that this really showed you how important points are for these guys that are left in the – in the playoffs, like Ryan Blaney nine, 10 times out of 10 before this would have made a different move. He would have blocked Elliot there. They would have touched. They probably would have wrecked together. Eric Jones probably would have won the race. Like <laughs> all these things would have happened, but guys like Blaney didn't do it because where finishing second is so important for him getting to the next round that he just couldn't, he couldn't afford. And Ryan Blaney is probably going to win the championship and be the first driver in NASCAR history to win a championship without winning a race. I'm telling you, it's coming. Watch this, Rod. It was crazy as the season's been. How is it not going to happen at this point? But, again, business decisions were made, and it was better to not wreck. And and I don't know if part of that is these guys being more careful with all the injury stuff. I mean, Alex Bowman, you know, misses the race. I don't know. Just – it was crazy. I, I really, I don't know. I don't know how to explain why it wasn't more chaos. And I, I do think that the Hemrick thing maybe tempered things down because I think it was about to happen. And then that slowed things down. It got them all to reset. And then everybody just kind of waited and you never, I mean, as they're crossing the line kind of stuff was happening, but other than that, it wasn't. So it was just, it was an odd race. It was a good race. It was very good. I mean, we talked about it earlier, constantly changes, there was two lines almost the entire race. I mean, there was constantly, you know, a line would get going and then another line would get going. And then you got guys moving and shaking and, and but there was never the big wrecks you're used to and, and just not the complete chaos. And, and shout out to Joey Logano for a shitty finish because he bitched all week about people hanging out in the back and then getting all these good finishes, tried it himself and he sucked and finished in the back. So that's what you get, Joey. Don't be a douchebag. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was an odd race for sure. 57 lead changes, six total cautions, obviously with the stage breaks included in that. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, the average green flag speed uh, of this one was 153.569, which if you know anything for a super speedway, uh, that that is very high. Uh, in, in terms of what it was earlier, it was 148. So they were running at a bigger, a better consistent speed. In fact, if you want to go back to last year's Yellowwood, the average speed was 130. There were five cautions, but again, this was like a, a big, major uh, issue in that. So a lot of a lot of stuff happening. And and you know, the thing about it is that when you the announcers 
are drivers in the track, and they're getting antsy, like you said, about when to make the move. It was a lot of two-by-two racing. I just say, like, Dale Earnhardt Jr., when he's talking during super speedway racing, there is nothing better than that. Like, one of the best to ever do it. Uh, I mean, he, he learned from his dad, and his, his dad was one of the best to ever do it, but Dale Jr. was one of the best. He was always up front at super speedways, always won. He had, I think, five or six wins at Talladega. Like, so good at it and he knows exactly what these guys are thinking he knows you know this guy's thinking that and he talks to these guys i mean he's in that garage area he's friends a lot of these guys raced against them he knows how they race he knows what they're thinking why they're doing what they're doing and when he talks through what's going on it it is so i mean i love listening to him on a week-to-week basis anyways he's great at what he does but he knows super like he is an expert super speedway racer and when he gets into what's going on and this guy needs to go now and this is why he's thinking this and that's why he does this. And he would call it out stuff. He's like, is he going to go to the low line? Oh, there he goes. He's into the low line. Like, oh, the door's open for Chase out. There he go. Like, he's predicting moves to, you know, it's like playing chess a couple steps ahead where he knows what's going to happen or what they need to do. It's it's great. It's so much fun to listen to. It's like listening to Tony Romo call a football game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, he knows what the next play is going to be. It's crazy. (laughs) Uh, All right, we did actually make some bets on this race, uh, even though, and again, at the end, it got kind of strung out, too, which is why they were talking about, we saw two-wide racing for a long time, and then all of a sudden, with only 50-some-odd laps to go, they decided they wanted to string out, and then, of course, you know, that's when it was, well, who's going to make the move? But anyways, bets were made on this one, and uh, Cody, we didn't hit very many of these, but I will say that, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of fun watching them play out. Yeah, it was a fun race. And again, super speedway racing, you know, we could have lost all these bets because they got wrecked out early because anything happened and that's just how it goes. So my first one, I had a couple of them that I threw out here was Landon Castle, top 10, 12 to one, the chaos at the end. I'm refreshing. I'm refreshing. I'm refreshing. Finished 11th. So close heartbreaking lost the 12 to one by one spot castle so good at super speedways finished third in the xfinity race he's one of those guys that always does well on super speedways he's very good at manipulating the the draft and the traffic and and it was close i had also threw him out as top chevy at 80 to one uh and he ended up as what the third oh no there was quite a few chevys up there i guess one two three four he was the fifth chevy so to be the fifth chevy at 80 to one still I mean, he was close, and it was there, you know, and had there been chaos, obviously things could have been different. We'd beat that that horse enough today. But And then I had Cody Ware, uh, top 10 as well, also 12-1. to 1. Again, very chaos-dependent uh, one, but he ended up 32nd. He was like four laps down, so he wasn't even really in the conversation at all there. Um, again, even four laps down, we've seen him do that before, and then you get a bunch of cautions. He gets laps back quickly, ends up, you know, coming out of nowhere and finishing like third, <laughs> like he did at Daytona. But uh, yeah, did it wasn't to be today, uh, you know, Sunday, the castle one, man, so close 12 to one to miss by one spot sucks, but it was, it was almost there. Indeed. Uh, all right. I started mine out with Christopher bell over Austin Cindric. This one looked great right out of the jump. Christopher bell on the pole. Uh, but unfortunately he actually ran into a lot of bad luck along the way never did get to lead a lap and uh, Austin Cindric ran the race of his life since Daytona and uh, ended up ninth in this one uh, after starting 17th so um 
you know, were it not for the bad luck that Christopher Bell had, I fully, fully believe that he would have been able to keep himself around the front. And, in fact, it's funny, they, they almost just flipped positions where Christopher Bell was at the front of the pack and then, you know, Cindric uh, uh, started 17th, but then, you know, Christopher Bell ended 17th. But, yeah, like I said, I mean, this is just tough. Uh, we, we talked about it all, all week long about how Christopher Bell was on the right side of looking at, at, at uh, the playoffs and, and running well all the way up into it. And it's just, you know, I don't think this was even his fault, to be honest with you. It was, it was more of his bad luck to, to be had that put him behind Cindric at the end of this race. Yep, and that's Super Speedway Racing. My head-to-head matchup, Denny Hamlin over Kyle Larson. Not even close, really, to be honest. I mean, Denny was fifth. Larson was 18th. Larson did run a pretty good race. I mean, we saw him up there with Chase Elliott uh, in the second stage. They helped each other there at the end. Um, and actually, Larson looked like he was probably going to win that stage until Elliott kind of pulled a move there at the end and, and stole it from him. Uh, but I'm still going to fake Kyle Larson on super speedways. You know, 17th or 18th place finish on a non-chaotic day. You know, what's going to happen if there's chaos? It almost never goes good for him. So I'm going to continue to fade him on super speedways. That's that's basically one of my uh, commandments of super speedways. There's one commandment on there, and it's fade Kyle Larson. And I will do it every time. And it did pay off this time. Denny Hamlin uh, with the fifth place finish and Larson 18th. And then Denny Hamlin helped us cash the top Toyota bet, too, as he was, in fact, the top Toyota of the day. This one was a little bit more close than it needed to be because Kyle Busch was in that lead pack, uh, that lead line, the, the, the preferred line, as it were. And there was a lot of times where it was between Denny Hamlin, who was bringing up that inside line and and trying to figure out where he was going to shake out in the whole thing because, you know, it, that that line would come up and then it would fall back and then it would come up and it would fall back, and it was just a matter of who stuck with them. And then a lot of times you would see Kyle Busch pass Denny Hamlin as the lead Toyota, and then Denny Hamlin would come right back around and do it again. And then Bubba Wallace jumped in front of Denny Hamlin for a second, and then that was the lead Toyota. Um, but th- fortunately for us, Denny Hamlin finishes fifth, like you said, also finishes as the top Toyota. So um, we, we actually got that bet in at plus 300. So that was a nice little cash. Yeah, that was that was a really good one. Good call by you. I mean, really, it was just the two of them for the top Toyota the whole day. And Denny came out on the top side. Again, we've talked about it. Denny is a very, very good super speedway racer. And we won, was it two or three day Tona 500s in a row? Uh, he, he's really good at it and knows what he's doing. Uh, so he seems to always be a good bet on super speedways. I had Ty Dillon, top Chevy, uh, 40 to one bet. He finished 23rd, ended up being the 12th Chevy on the day. I mean, again, just an attrition bet. I had Todd Gilliland top Ford, 30 to one. This one was looking good. Gilliland was up there uh, the entire second half of that race. Uh, pretty much once the third stage went green, he was up there in the mix the rest of the day. Ends up with a seventh place finish. Uh, you know, in some super speedway races, that's going to be good enough to be the top Ford. So at 30 to one, uh, ends up being the third Ford on the day, unfortunately. So he doesn't cash the bet. But uh, man, at 30 to one, I think this was definitely a really good bet. That, that could have very easily cashed. He was right there in the mix at the end. Um, and, and that's really all you can ask for, again, for 30 to 1 odds. Indeed. Uh, speaking of longer odds, we had Noah Gragson, I did at least, going as a top 10 car at plus 350. And this actually, that 48 car was looking good toward the end. He started actually in seventh place, seventh place rather, looking really good from the start. 
fell back quite a bit and, and wasn't necessarily in the mix all day long. But all of a sudden at the end, looked like he was running very well there. Uh, he actually even led three laps in this race as well. I'm sorry, I, I was one off. Uh, that was Kyle Busch. Noah Gregson didn't lead any laps, but at the very least, he was around the front at the beginning. And then, of course, was part of that that pack that got shuffled there at the end and uh, unfortunately finished 19th instead of a top 10. But this this bet was cashing for at least a, a hot few laps there toward the end of the race. And I thought it had a very good shot at, uh, at turning into our favor. Uh, but unfortunately... Fates had a different uh, different thing in mind and didn't cash our bet for us. Yeah, and this was one. I don't. I think that the news came out after we had recorded our pods last week. But Alex Bowman, concussion protocol, unable to race. Very sad situation as far as a playoff driver. And again, I mean, we saw it cost Kurt Busch the rest of his season. He he missed fifteen races or something like that. By the time it's all said and done, unfortunately. Um, and now Alex Bowman is basically, if he's able to race this week, he'll have to win the Roval in order for a chance to move on. Most likely cost him his championship hopes. Obviously, head-wise, you hope that that he's okay. And uh, another thing that when Dale Earnhardt Jr. gets going on that, you know he knows what he's talking about. And he said that, you know, he learned he knows more about concussions than he ever wished to know because he unfortunately went through it all, uh, which ironically gave Bowman his start in the series filling in for, for or, well, not in the series, but in a in a actual real car that, that could do something. Uh, <laughs> he'd been around a long time, just in crappy cars. But, but yeah, so Gregson moved over from the 62 to the 48. But you got in on this number at a good number because once it was announced he was going to the 48, all of a sudden a bunch of money was coming in on him and stuff, which I didn't understand. It was super overreaction. I, I don't on a super speedway to me, there's no difference in a beard car and a Hendrick car. I, I get it that Hendrick cars are, are better and, and yeah, he's got three teammates out there, but that stuff doesn't really matter on super speedways when it comes down to it. So I thought that was kind of silly, but again, the early week line paid off for you, uh, getting a good number. You had a really good chance all day. We know Gregson is good at super speedways. He's proven that it just didn't come out uh, to come to fruition this time, but uh, over to my winners again, I split it up four ways for this one. You know, just, just throwing some little darts out there. Got so close. Bubba Wallace, 18-1. to 1. Honestly, didn't show up. I, I don't know what the deal was. He was nowhere to be found all day. At one point, I was wondering if he was even in the race because I had not heard him mentioned. Uh, and, yeah, he just he did not show up. Uh, he finished 16th. That's an okay solid finish for him for the day. But, but he was nowhere in the mix. Generally, at Super Speedways, he's one of the top dogs up there, you know, leading the race in the top five, top ten all day going back and forth was not the case with Bubba Wallace. So I'm, I'm not really sure what happened there. Um, Eric Jones, 30 to one, man, it was so close. Uh, he, you know, Chase Elliott gave him so much praise after the race. He pushed Elliott to the win. It was close. He, he ends up with a sixth place finish officially, but, but he was right there at the end. Uh, Jones was up front all day. He was 10th in stage one, uh, fifth in stage two. And then again, right there at the end, he was there. He was in the mix. Things things were looking good for him. So close to hitting that 30 to 1. Unfortunately, didn't hit. Uh, Justin Haley I had at 50 to 1. He finished 15th. Again, uh, Haley actually had a pretty decent day. He, he kind of hung around all day. Um, not necessarily in the top 10, but but he was hanging around mid-pack. You'd kind of see him come and go a little bit here and there. Um you're looking for a little attrition on a guy like that more so than anything. 
15th for 50 to one is all right. Corey LaJoy, my guy, 100 to one. His day was done very early. Blew a tire, pretty much destroyed that car. Was unable to continue going, so we didn't get to see what he would have for everybody. Unfortunately, sucks. But uh, you can go ahead and just as soon as those Daytona 500 odds come out, place the bet on Corey LaJoy because I promise you I'll have that bet in and I'll have it again when they go back to Daytona and both Atlanta races and both Talladega races. So just go ahead and place those bets now because you know they're coming. <laughs> you will not live through as much heartbreak as you did in the in the Slack chat or the Discord channel rather as uh, when Corey LaJoy popped that tire. Everybody was lamenting. My guy. And it was so early too. It was just like he never stood a chance. Yeah. Oh, so we, sad. We never knew ye, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, yeah. all right. My winner that I gave out, uh, and look for Eric Jones's sake, he was leading those seven laps prior to Blaney kind of grabbing that lead from 180 to 186. It was Eric Jones. And then all of a sudden Blaney from, uh, 187 to 187. And then of course we know what happened there at the end, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was heartbreaking. We thought Eric Jones was going to come through for the win. Unfortunately did not happen. Um, somebody who I thought was actually going to come through for a win, for us for a hot second was Brad Keselowski. Um, I gave him out early at uh, plus 2,000 to win. And this one seemed like it may have had a, a chance of going somewhere. Uh, unfortunately, Brad Keselowski did not end up winning the race, but it was not for lack of trying. And in fact, it was not for lack of, uh, of talent. He finished 24th on the day. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now that does not necessarily sum up the way that race was going for Brad Keselowski. He never led a lap in this race, um, but he was in that, uh, he was pushing and pushing well in the top few, um, laps. And then of did course, he really not lead a lap. No, he did not lead. A lap. He was always behind. He was, he was right well, he kept there. getting, I think he took the lead multiple times. I feel like, yeah, but he never let maybe never just crossed the line as the leader. That's crazy. Yeah, it, it's crazy. But again, he was, he was always pushing the leaders. And in fact, he was being praised for his ability to push by Ryan Blaney, uh, who didn't necessarily like Ross Chastain behind him at the end. He wished Brad Kozlowski would not have had a pit penalty that would have caused him and Kevin Harvick to both go through and, and serve their penalty. I wholeheartedly believe that had this race panned out different and had he not had that penalty, that he would have been in the mix at the end for a win because he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been content to stay pushing. He would have made there either would have been a big wreck that cashed some of our other bets for us, <laughs> or Brad Keselowski was going to win. One of those two things would have happened. Exactly, I, I wholeheartedly believe that Brad Keselowski yeah. was running too well all day long. And this was the bet that you stole from me, so uh, I fully endorsed it and was and loved this bet as well. Uh, but yeah, it looked really good. And again, this is the second time on a super speedway, man. I, I feel like it was the earlier this season, Talladega race. One of them earlier this season. I remember I, I had picked him to win and same thing where he looked good. And then that late speeding penalty on green flag pit stops just killed him. So hopefully he gets that cleaned up next year because he's a great super speedway racer. We know we can get it done. He's won six times at Talladega second to only Dale Earnhardt senior. So we know he can get it done there and he looked good and just shot himself in the foot, unfortunately, and it didn't cash, but, uh, super speedway racing for you. Mm -hmm. Even when there's not chaos, there's still chaos. It's just a different type. Um, all right. It's on to the Roval. Look, Roval and chase Elliott. I mean, I almost feel like this has to be another chase Elliott situation here because 
He's so damn good on all these road courses. It's another maybe Kyle Larson figures it out week. It's a can Gibbs figure out road courses week. There's going to be a ton of storylines going into this uh, as we head into this because Chase was the first playoff driver, active playoff driver, to win a race, and he very well could do it again at Charlotte next week too. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't see lines out yet as we're recording this, but Chase Elliott will be my pick to win. He has nothing to lose in this race. He's locked into the next round. He could finish last. He could not even show up. It doesn't matter. Well, I think he has to show up, but either way, (laughs) he's locked into the next round, and so there is no pressure. He's the best road course racer there is. We've had five road courses this season, and he has not won any. He's finished second two or three times. He's winning this weekend. That will be my biggest bet of the weekend is Chase Elliott to win. I don't care what the odds are. Hopefully nobody at WinBet's listening to this so they don't give us Max Verstappen lines. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's going to be the Chase Elliott show, I, I think, in my opinion. Uh, we'll see. Obviously, we'll get into that more in the betting show. But uh, he, he's definitely the one to watch, I think. A couple other just quick news news and notes things, uh, stuff that's going to be important to note and or watch this weekend. The appeal for... Uh, William Byron is going to be hurt on Thursday. So if you look at the playoff standings right now, Byron is 11 points out of the playoffs and Chase Briscoe is in the playoffs. He's actually tied with Austin Sindrick, but holds the tiebreaker that puts him in. So that is, that counts his 25 point penalty. If that penalty is rescinded, which from what I have heard, there's a good chance that that penalty will be overturned. It's heard by an independent uh, you know, Arbiter or whatever, not NASCAR. And I think they've got some pretty good ground to stand on that this should have been an in-race penalty and that it's not William Byron's fault that NASCAR quote-unquote missed it. They literally said they missed it. And so I think we'll see this possibly overturned. If we do, that shakes up the playoff standings big time because that puts Byron in, it kicks Chase Briscoe out. Um, this is obviously the last race for the cutoff for the round of eight. So we'll trim from 12 to eight after this race, Alex Bowman, 54 points out. Obviously if he's able to race, we don't have any word on that right now. I do know that Noah Gragson is the contracted driver for Hendrick as the relief driver. That's why he was pulled from his duties with the 62 to go into the 48 because he's had a contract all season to be the Hendrick backup driver. So if, Bowman is out. Most likely Gregson will be in that car again, would be my guess. Um, but Bowman basically has to win. Christopher Bell, minus 33 under the cut line. Uh, he's been the best Toyota at the road courses, but Toyotas have struggled. So going to be interesting to see there uh, what happens. Obviously, I mentioned A.J. Allmendinger. It's not been announced yet. I believe there's a press conference maybe Tuesday uh, to announce the driver of the 16. We've known that for a few weeks, but it's been leaked that AJ Allmendinger will be that full-time driver. Um, and then two notes for guys racing this weekend. Daniel Cavat, the former F1 driver, he raced in the Cup Series race at the Indianapolis Road Course, will be in the Xfinity race at the Roval um, for Sam Hunt Racing. And Connor Daly, IndyCar driver, uh, is going to be racing for the money Mayweather team in that 50 car in the cup series at, uh, at the Charlotte road course as well. So a couple, a couple of interesting notes there. 
It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of, obviously, road courses bring out the ringers in everybody. So, yeah, you want those those road racers to be in full effect. Obviously, it's not as much as it used to be, only because those road races never really were uh, that big of a, of a issue. But now, since there's more of them, you don't want to give up that ride. Crazy to how people. much that's changed. Because, I mean, if you're newer to NASCAR, I mean, for many, many decades, there was two road courses on the schedule. That was it. The drivers didn't care that much. Some guys were just good at it. Some guys had road course racing backgrounds, but you had ringers constantly that would come in and just win these races because they were so good at road course racing. Boris Seds of the world, even the Marcos Ambroses of the world, like these guys would just come in and run those races and win. And, and then just, you wouldn't see them again until the next road course, but uh, not so much the case anymore. There's six on the schedule now. And these guys have got to get good at it because as you see now in the playoffs, it could decide who well, will decide who stays and who goes from the round of 12 into the round of eight this weekend um, for everyone except Chase Elliott, because he's obviously already locked in, but you worry for a guy like Denny Hamlin. He's got a cushion going into this race. Uh, he's up 21 points, but he's not had good finishes on road courses this year. I, I would not feel good if I'm him. We'll obviously get into it more in the betting show as far as will some of these guys race for stage points and whatnot um but it's gonna be an interesting weekend I'm, I'm pretty excited to go back for our last road course of the season there's only five races left rod i know i know oh, but it's man. not a long turnaround until the daytona 500 so that is the best thing about nascar yeah. like my wife hates it but there is no off season really it, it, it's over and then it starts again it's great exactly it. you get it you get a month and a little over a month to catch your breath and then by by the time you're right missing it, it it's right back to it so um, all right, well, we are definitely locked in for the next episode and the next episode after that and for the rest of the offseason. So we're not worried about getting cut off. Uh, we are locked into our spot in the playoffs and, and on forward into next season. So, Cody, as we wrap things up for our betting recap show, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeeb. All my work is over there. I got a ton of stuff out right now. Uh, early fantasy football waiver wire guys to watch. Article came out uh, early this morning on Monday, so check that out. I got an NBA article for some futures bets over there, F1 stuff, NASCAR stuff, all kinds of fun things. So follow me on Twitter, at Husker underscore Zeeb. And if you could, if you've made it this far in the show, hopefully we've entertained you a little. Stop for two seconds. Give us a rating or a review, whatever platform you live on or listen on, live on, whatever, same difference. Uh, but we would it would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely, yep. All, all ratings and reviews are appreciated. The bosses need to know that you love what you're listening to. Again, we're, we're well above the cut line, but look, a wreck could take us out, and you wouldn't have NASCAR <laughs> Gambling Podcast anymore. You don't want that to happen. Leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. There's a link in the bio to everything that I've got going on. Whether it's here, whether it's a sportsbook review, whether it's in between media, find it all there. Of course, join us in the Discord, sg.pn slash Discord. Get in on the conversation and help us along to make this content what you want it. We go Roval Racing in a cutoff. We didn't get any chaos at Talladega like we hoped for, but God knows it's probably going to happen next week. So until next time, let's go racing and let it ride.